Hello, I'm Edward Looney, and I'm your host of DNA Discoveries. And last week on episode two, the first interview, we spoke with Annette Broussard Boyd, and she shared how she discovered her biological father. That after doing a DNA test, she realized that the man she called dad for so many years in her life was not her biological father. And she shared that story with all of us. One of the things that Annette shared with me after the fact was that she visited her father 23 times, traveling from Texas to California in order to visit him and to get to know him and his family better. And just this past October, she moved back home to California in order to be closer to her biological father and to develop and deepen that relationship that they have through DNA that they discovered. It's a story of finding family. Today, I'm so happy to be speaking with Tiffany Dean, and she's going to share with us a story about meeting her biological mother. So welcome to DNA Discoveries, Tiffany Dean. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Edward, to share my story. I'm really excited. Yeah, you know, I came across your story again on this group, DNA Detectives, and it was just a very heartwarming story and one that I think people will thoroughly enjoy. And I, I love to help people tell their own stories. And, and I know that so many of our listeners will appreciate uh, hearing what you have to share. Yeah, up, thank you. You actually ended up meeting your biological mother and kind of your the story of your life early on was that you were raised from two years on by your father's mother. By So you were raised by your grandmother. Mm-hmm. Could you just share a little bit about what those first years of life looked like, especially as an infant? Who took care of you in those first few months, those first few years before kind of that transition then to your grandparents? Yeah, definitely. So... First, I wanted to start by saying, like, everyone has their own version of the truth, I guess you could say. And so people kind of tell a story the way they saw it happening at the time. And when I was growing up, the information I got from my grandma and my dad anytime I did bring up my mom or my early childhood because I had no pictures up until I was well over two years old and no really information about where I was born, my birth certificate, anything like that. And anytime I'd bring it up, it was just, oh, you had a rough infancy and, but your dad got you when you were two and we don't know where your mom is or who she is basically was what I was told all early childhood. And then come to find out my mom actually did have me, Um, up until I was about 18 months old and she, um, met my dad down in Southern California and they actually got married really young. They had to have their parents sign so that they were legally able to do so. But, um, once they got married, they got married because she was pregnant with me and, um, come to find out she just kind of they were living with her parents at the time when she was pregnant with me and she was about six months pregnant and my dad had gone and gotten a job at Denny's he said he met some girl there and never came home and so that's what she was left with was six months pregnant and you know my dad's 
run off with another girl and she's at her parents' house. And so then flash to when I'm born, my dad's still nowhere around, no contact with her of where he's at or any interest in being involved in my life. And so she just kind of wrote it off like he, fine, he doesn't want to be involved. I'm not going to force him to be involved. He obviously doesn't want me to know where he is or what he's doing, so I'm just going to leave it alone. But after I was born, she did um, remember because she had spent time with my grandma, my dad's mom, when her and my dad were together. And she just wanted to reach out to her and let her know that she had a granddaughter and did she want to come, did she want to meet her? She could come up there and she could meet her. And of course, my grandma was thrilled, but also shocked because she had been told by my dad that the reason him and my mom had divorced and separated was because she had lost the baby. And so for him, <laughs> um, he just got caught in a really big lie. And he, um, unknown to my mom at the time, was actually living up there right by his mom. So that's where he'd been the whole time with this girl that he had met at Denny's. And so she comes up and my grandma gets to spend time with me and she stays a couple weeks up there. And um, now everybody knows about me. But she, my dad never once that whole visit came and saw me when he was right there. And she remembers that, and she remembers that as a clear message that he didn't want to be involved in my life. She went back down to California where she ended up going back to work, and she was living with a couple who were close friends. They were really good people. Um, they actually helped her through the rest of her pregnancy and were there up until my dad took me. They took care of me. They would babysit me when my mom worked. And then my mom ended up having a work accident when I was, I want, I want to say, she said I was about a year old. It was right after my first birthday. She had a work accident, cut her finger, and ended up getting a bad blood infection and almost died in the hospital. And the whole almost month that she stuck in the hospital this couple is taking care of me, you know, and it's a good spot for me. And they took care of me when my mom fell on all these hard times. When she gets out of the hospital, she can't work because she's really sick. She can't use her hand, you know, and she looks at it like she said to me yesterday, I hate it because that's the time in my life where I made really hard choices and I made choices that I regret forever and it's because she had to tell this couple that you know no I can't do it right now and can you please help me and take care of her until I can get you know working again and everything like that and I mean I always questioned if if there was any you know drugs involved or anything like that but she's never had any issues like that so it was purely just a mom that had no money and no family support and really needed help. And this couple was there to help her and she knew them very well. But then my dad had found out where she was cause he needed a divorce from her 
found out where she was and when con when he contacted her said where's my daughter made all these threats when he had never even once seen me um terrified her and she told him that i was with this couple that they were taking care of me because she had gotten sick and everything he didn't care didn't want to hear it he went down there with his dad and went to Pismo Beach where this couple was living with me because my mom was, I think, in Tennessee with her parents. And he went down to Pismo Beach. They, like, followed them for a few days and waited for a good opportunity and saw me at the beach and literally just swooped me up and took me. And that's how I came to be with my grandma because then my dad comes back up with me and, you know, he didn't actually want me. And so I went to live with my grandma. So you say he came in and he swooped you. There was no allegation of abduction, was there? Because you were the child? Yes. And so it was really a situation of, you know, my mom didn't move forward with anything because she was young and felt threatened and like she couldn't do anything, you know? And so, um, yeah, it was just a, a really just a matter of, of, of two young people and and unfortunately my dad being the type of young person that really needed to save face a lot, it sounds. And so because of that I yeah, I got um torn away from, you know, my mom who really did love me. I see that from all the stuff she gave me when I went and visited her. She has a packet, you know, and it and the envelope. I actually posted it on DNA Detectives, the video um, of the actual envelope, old Manila envelope that has her name and return address there, and then it has my dad's name on it with no address because she didn't know where to send it, and it's just stacked full of my birth certificate and my baby bracelet from the hospital, my first birthday pictures. It has a list of all of my first, like my first time I talked. And she wrote a little letter saying, hey, here's stuff to put in her baby book, you know, because they didn't know anything about me. And so, but she didn't know where to send it because she didn't know where I was. Oh, wow. Now, so at the age of two then, you're taken in by your father's family, by by his mother, and you mm-hmm. live with them, you grow up with them, and so they kind of rewrite history. Is that how you would say that? Like, kind of not Absolutely. telling you the full truth. They already knew who the birth mother was, but they never divulged that mm-hmm. information to you? Exactly. They They took it upon themselves to, exactly, like you say, write my story for me and and completely change the path and direction of my life. And, I mean, I, I of course, have a lot of negative feelings about that, but at the same time, um, I love my grandma, and I had a great life, you know, and and she, she really did give me everything. And I had a wonderful life with her, how she came to have me, um, it's sad and unfortunate and, and it's really disappointing because it goes against the character of her that I know, but she passed when I was 16. So I, I already kind of put that away, but 
it's hard dealing with that and 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 knowing that it, it, they could have it, it's as simple as just allowing me to make the choice i guess and um they didn't they didn't give me a choice so when your grandmother dies at age 16 who cares for you in those last 2 years before you become an adult you're emancipated you're able to move on and do things with your life in a legal way mm-hmm. unfortunately you know um my dad in my life has a pattern and it happened quite a few times in my life where um when it suited him in his life at that time, say if he was with a woman who wanted him to be a good father, he would come and swoop me up and I would go and, and live with him until, you know, that a re- relationship eventually ended and then back to grandma's I go because a single man can't have a daughter. And, and it was a pattern of that. And so after when my grandma died and I was 16, my dad actually the weekend my grandma died was moving from Seattle, Washington to Spokane, so across the state. And at the time where I lived with my grandma, Seattle was only about an hour drive from us, but we rarely saw my dad. But he was moving that weekend, and so my grandma died that weekend, and then it was kind of up in the air of, well, is she going to stay here with her grandpa who's in poor health and take care of him and finish out high school where she's been going to school, you know, which is what I wanted. Um, Or are we going to take her with us, you know? And, of course, my dad had a fiancé at the time who needed him to be a good dad, and so he took me with him, and that's when life went really downhill for me because I... I, I had no sense of family to hold on to because that, at that point I didn't really see my dad as family. I didn't know him in that way. And then here I am in this new city. And and that was a point of desperation for me where I really did want to find my mom and was given no information. You know, I remember digging through my dad's files <laughs> one night when I was living there and I actually, that's when I found, I, I don't, I think it was the divorce papers between him and my mom. And that's when I found out my mom's actual name, full name and the spelling of her name and her age. And so that was big, but it still didn't, this was way before, you know, internet searches for <laughs> and so like you could kind of search for people but it didn't, there was no facebook or anything so it was kind of after after that uh, i didn't have family after that i kind of just went off on my own you find then these divorce papers early on you know the name of your mother and then what led you to actually begin the search just a, a few months ago uh, what brought you to that point um, life humbles you and becoming a parent humbles you more than anything. And so any of the things that held me back from finding my mom, like the, why would I want to talk to her if she just abandoned me? And I have, there's nothing she could say to make that right kind of thing, you know, 
all that kind of fell away because I started having my own problems, you know, with my children. And, you know, I'm currently going through a custody dispute with my youngest who, you know, I'm, um, I'm watching exactly what happened to me in my early childhood play out with me and my youngest son. And, and it got me to thinking that maybe there's things I don't know. Maybe, maybe if I reach out and I try to find her, maybe I'll find out that we're not that different, that like we've made the same choices and they're not necessarily bad choices or good choices. They're just hard choices. And that's what got me finally to this point where I go, I got to find her because I need her to know that I get it and that there's nothing she could say to me that would make me hold resentment to her or blame her, you know, because I'm on the other end of it right now. And so it had come full circle for me in my life and I, I needed that healed up. You have the name, you have... Uh, the desire now to reach out, to find her, the, the willpower, the motivation to do so. What mm-hmm. do you do then? How do you do it? Oh, I am always, you know, watching my stupid crime investigation shows and stuff. And up pops this one um, about C.C. Moore and DNA detectives and what she does and how quickly she finds people just from their DNA. And I was like, okay, I got to do this. I have to find her and figure this out and find out how to do this whole DNA thing. And so I'm thinking, you know, that's going to be how I do this because I'm searching for hasn't worked because I spent hours just searching the name because for some reason I thought I was going to find her because her first name was spelt so oddly. It was M-I-L-L-I-S-A, which is an odd spelling for Melissa. And so I kept putting that in and then come to find out once I did find her that her name isn't even, no, she doesn't spell it like that anymore because apparently she'd been spelling her name wrong her whole life until she was like 30. Anyway, (laughs) so I end up going on to C.C. Moore's page, and then it takes me to DNA Detective's Facebook page, and I get on there, and I see all these people with all these stories, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's actually a site for this, where people are coming together and just helping each other find their family, like, there's no catch to this or anything, like, this is just good people trying to help, you know, and so... I just decided to put a little post on there asking about information on what I do once I get my results and what, like, company to go through to do my testing. And I put a brief little story on there of just what I know about my mom and my dad's name and my date of birth and where I was born. And all of a sudden we start getting these private messages from people saying, Oh, um, did you see it was San Luis Obispo, California? And 
I think this might be her in 1987 and just crazy stuff popping up. And I'm like, how are they finding all this so fast? And I wasn't too sure if the people they were sending me were actually my mom, you know, and I wake up the next morning and this guy had sent me a private message and it had a Facebook profile picture of this woman who was gorgeous, just absolutely beautiful. And my first thought is this lady's too young to be my mom. <laughs> and so I'm like, this can't be her. But I go and I, I kind of look anyway. And he, and he says, here's why I think it's her. This woman married this man in 1987 and here's the marriage certificate and my mom's maiden last name was Lee and I always knew that because of my birth certificate and the divorce papers and all that and then my dad's last name was Hoffman and so this birth this marriage certificate says from Melissa Hoffman to this guy and with her new last name, you know, and I'm like, well, that's weird. That could be her. Cause it's a, it's the same time frame, you know, and stuff like that. But I still wasn't sure. Cause it still could be somebody whose maiden name is Hoffman and is Mary, you know? And so I decided to go and look through her Facebook page some more and I'm scrolling and scrolling. And I happen to come across, you know, Facebook does those silly little game things you can do. And one of them was, what does your maiden name say about you? And here in big block letters, it said Lee. And I just knew. I was like, that's my mom. And it just all really sunk in for me. And I'm just like, that's my mom. And... I snapchat, I take a screenshot of her picture and I needed verification. I didn't know how I was going to get it, but I thought one way to do it was my dad. You know, my dad was married to this woman. He had a child with this woman. He's going to recognize her. And so I send the picture to my dad and his reaction was so telling because he got so hostile and he immediately said, Tiffany, think about what you're doing and what is it you're trying to accomplish here? And I'm just like taken aback because why would that be your reaction? You know, like you should be happy and want me to, you know, have an answer to my story. And, and then he finally told me, he goes, yeah, that's her 100%. Just be careful. So he was, yeah, he was still trying to keep me from doing it. But I did finally decide, okay, that's my mom. And I Facebook messaged her and I friend requested her. And then time just slowed down <laughs> so much. Like the clock was just tick, tick, ticking because I'm just, you know, held in limbo just waiting and waiting and waiting going is she gonna see it is she gonna see it luckily on facebook you know you can see if somebody's seen your message or not and i'm oh she still hasn't seen it and i got to thinking i'm like you know she is my mom so maybe she's like me a little 
And I don't ever look at my Facebook. Like, I don't even have the ding on my phone to get the notifications. And so I'm like, maybe she's not going to see it for a few days. And I'm like, that would just kill me. I'm like, i got to find her phone number or get in touch with her somehow. And so I was just being impatient. And they always tell you, like, and I had found out through her Facebook page that she had three sons. So I had three brothers and that they all had kids. And it also showed that she had a daughter, another daughter. And I'm like, huh. And she lived in California. And I was like, is that really her daughter? Or because this daughter would be older than me. And so that was odd to me. And so I just decided to pull her up. And I did a big no-no in the whole searching for your parents thing where you're not supposed to get a hold of the siblings first. You're supposed to get a hold of the parent first. Let them, you know, because you never know the situation. But I did, and I messaged this woman that was listed as daughter on my mom's Facebook, and I said, are you Melissa's daughter? biological daughter and she said yes I am and I go oh then do you know who I am and she said oh my goodness you're Tiffany you're Tiffany and um she's like I've heard about you and she's like and the boys know about you our brothers know about you everybody knows about you and that was a shock to me I was like, what do you mean everybody knows about me? And she's like, oh, yeah. Because she goes, because I was put up for adoption um, before mom, you know, got pregnant and met your dad and got pregnant with you. And so my mom was really young when she got pregnant with Bridget. But um, I ended up putting her up for adoption. And Bridget had found her about three years ago. And so she was just so excited that I had reached out to her because she had heard so much about me through my brothers. And apparently when she had found my mom and had called the number to the house, my brother Brandon was at the house and answered the phone. And when she said, I'm calling to talk to Melissa, I think it's my mom, he apparently instantly said, is this Tiffany? And she's like, no, this isn't Tiffany. And so he was confused because I don't know that they knew about Bridget. I, I don't think they knew her name. You know, I think they knew about her that mom, mom had had a child she put up for adoption. But I don't think they knew the name or anything. So uh, I ended up asking her for my mom's phone number because I told her I had messaged her on Facebook, but I didn't know she got it. And she goes, oh, yeah, here's the number everybody's going to be so excited to hear from you, you know, and so that gave me a lot more courage, obviously, because all the anxiety I had about, am I a secret, or are they not going to want to talk to me, you know, but she did, in a way, kind of, um, everybody's at different places in their life, you know, emotionally, spiritually, what have you, and I realized right off the bat that um, 
I'm not in the same place that she is in in terms of like she she still uh, she still keeps her distance. She has a um a lot of different feelings for her mom than I do. And so she wasn't she wasn't very um encouraging on me contacting my mom as she was my brother. She's like, "Oh, your brothers will be so excited." I'm not sure about Melissa. She kept referring to her mom as Melissa, you know, and so I got the vibe right away that, okay, you know, that's not good feelings there right now. And so, but I took the number and I called my mom and um, she didn't answer. <laughs> and so I left a message and uh, I think all I said on the message was, hi, this is Tiffany Hoffman. Um, I would love to talk to you. Please call me because I knew she'd know my name, you know. And so, and I left my number. And um, five minutes later, it seemed like forever, she calls me back. And I find out later when I go down to visit them, her husband Lee tells me. Um, they were on our way out the door to go to dinner when I had called and they have a home phone. They have the caller ID and they had seen a Washington phone number pop up, didn't answer it, let it go to voicemail. And then my mom was in the bedroom and heard the voicemail and goes white and looks up at Lee and goes, it's Tiffany. And he's like, well, call her. And so they sat down right there on the couch and called me and they didn't go to dinner that night. <laughs> my mom stayed on the phone for, oh, I got over two hours and neither of us are phone talkers. And so that was remarkable, but we talked so much and we laughed and we cried and, you know, and she was so excited to hear from me and had been waiting forever, you know, to talk to me and, so after that phone call, I told my husband, I was like, guess what? We're planning a trip to Tennessee. <laughs> so we got the kids. We planned a trip that like four weeks from then, I think. No, it was sooner than that. So I had called her on May 13th or 16th, it might have been. And we... Oh, so it was like a month and a half, but we left for Tennessee on July 1st and ended up spending two weeks down there and got to know each other. And it, it was just, it was like we, we had always been there. It was, it was like home. It was crazy. So this is all very fresh for you, this whole experience that... As you said, you reached out in May, and then you finally get to meet each other in July in person and in the flesh, and you spend time with them uh, during the holiday of the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. And what what was that experience like, I guess? How, you know, what was your reaction? What were their reactions? What does that all look like? Um, it was a fairy tale. I couldn't have imagined it being as amazing as it was it, it I actually posted the video um, 
and I, like I said earlier, I am not a Facebook person. I don't go and, and share a lot of things, but I felt like I needed to share that because it was a video of me walking up and, and, you know, meeting my mom for the first time and us hugging. And there's, there's a moment in the video and, and I hate it because it's on my Facebook page now. And so every time I see it, I cry, mm. but there is this moment in the video because you can't really hear anything and I run up and we start hugging and then you see that I kind of lay my head down on her shoulder and she whispers something to me and that's the moment when she realized I was crying and she said don't cry and in the video you see her start rocking me just back and forth just in this extremely motherly natural way you know and I had never been rocked and comforted by my mom before you know well since I was a child a little baby and so every time I see that it just it it brings it all together for me and my heart just explodes because it, it's such a beautiful moment there was a lifetime and, of and, catching up wasn't there Oh man, yeah, and and we talked and talked and we talked the same, and you know, and and everything was so easy, so so easy. There was no uncomfortableness. I mean, my my kids called her grandma straight out the gate, and you know, because because there's no time for the games and the resentment and the holding back. It's time to forgive and to love each other, like while you still have time, you know? And so for me, it was always, this is my mom, I'm gonna call you mom. This is your grandma, you're gonna call her grandma. And, and we fell into it so naturally. And my brothers are amazing guys, they're, <laughs> They're just great. They're all so different, but so so the same. And it just, I had never had um, that that feeling before, that feeling of just, I belong here. I These people love and care for me. And it, it was just, it was just amazing. It was amazing for everybody. And, you know, there, there wasn't very many tears because there was, too many smiles. Everybody was just so happy, and it was it was just a, a huge celebration of uh, us coming together and being able to just be in each other's lives. Earlier, and I met nephews, and earlier you said that you you were talking to her yesterday. So you meet the Fourth of July weekend, and you meet these nephews mm -hmm. and all these other family relations. And is there now new correspondences that happen? very often, almost on a daily basis? Um, absolutely on a daily basis. I just talked to my mom this morning, getting unnervous for this whole thing. She she walked me through that I was going to be great, and I, and I haven't had that. You know, I have in a way, because uh, to say I haven't would, would be to deny all the people that have played a motherly role in my life and taking care of me, um, but to have my own and to, to know that I can pick up my phone and 
you know, I have, I have teenagers, <laughs> I have a teenage girl and, um, she, she's going to get into mischief now cause she's that age. And I was confronted with a little bit of that the other night. And first person I get on the phone to is my mom. What do I do? <laughs> and, and it's just, I can't, I can't sit and, and be angry and, sad of the time we missed I have to just fall into what we have now and and just embrace it and it's amazing it's it's just so great it only gets better from here we're already going to go back in November so I mean it's amazing having family there we get to get in the car and have these awesome family vacations where you know my nuclear family is getting closer by taking these road trips and and it's just great for everybody it's it's amazing to just think a few months ago you didn't have that person you could call to talk about life's issues that was your mother and now you have that and so that's just very incredible uh, to hear and for you to experience and I'm sure it'll be life-changing for you So you met your biological mother, you begin talking with her, and as the conversation goes on, things begin to connect in your mind, and you realize that the two of you must share DNA because the two of you are so similar. Can you share just a little bit about what that means for you and for your mom? Absolutely. So that was one of the by far most shocking things we realized very quickly, me and my family that knows me so well and my behaviors. And then we go down and meet my mom. And, you know, my husband keeps saying, I didn't know there was another Tiffany. Like, this is insane. There's two of them in the room. And, you know, you we talk so much and so fast. The only thing different between us is the accent. And I, I even left there with a little bit of an accent when I came home. But, I mean, the similarities are uncanny. We we dress the same. Our houses, we just recently remodeled our kitchens. And we were in tears sending each other pictures of, oh, you mean this wood floor? And we had gotten the exact same wood flooring. We had painted our cabinets white on top and gray on the bottom. We had everything was... Like, identical our dogs are the exact same type of terrier they look the same they're the same age they became best of friends our husbands are like the same person it's insane we married the same type of man just very quiet and patient and reserved and on top of it the first thing I realized on our Facebook which is the most bizarre coincidence of all was I live and have raised my family in Kennewick, Washington, which is across the state from where I grew up. Now, I was born in Southern California. My dad's from Washington originally. Come to find out, so is my mom. Even though they had me in Southern California, her hometown is listed as Kennewick, Washington, which happens to be where I ended up moving and meeting my husband and raising my family and end up finding her and we have the same hometown. So 
the the similarities just go on and on we keep finding more and more and so there there's got to be a lot more in terms of what we pass down than we we even begin to comprehend because yeah we're just the same person you know that's kind of funny what you share because i don't know how much of my own story you know but for me, I found out that my mother, who was put up for adoption in 1966, that the same biological mother then gave birth to another daughter in 1969 and gave that child up for adoption. And so my mom and her sister never knew each other in this life. Both of them are deceased. They didn't know each other. I do the ancestry DNA and... And through that testing, I found a first cousin. And so this first cousin reaches out to me and says, you're my highest family match. And she says, my mom was adopted and I don't know any of her history. And, you know, I didn't put two and two together until a week later as we continued our conversation. But it quickly became very clear to us. And especially when she sent a picture of her mom to me, I said, oh, my gosh, like, is someone spoofing me right now? She just sent me a picture of my mom. Like, they could have been twins, for heaven's sakes, you know? And and yeah. so this cousin and I, we end up meeting. We get together. We meet up uh, last summer. And her husband came with. We went to a little Mexican restaurant. And her husband was just in awe and dumbfounded. I'm sitting across the table at this meal. And I think to myself, you know what? I feel like I'm looking in the mirror and this person is like me, but she's a girl. (laughs) We had the same mannerisms that we would say certain things or certain phrases. And we had never met until that moment. So what you share about you and your mom and all of these similarities, I don't doubt it for a second. You know, my cousin actually sent me a message a few weeks ago and I shared it with one of my friends. And I said, look at what she said. I'm like, I would say the same exact thing. And it was just so uncanny, so funny to see how deep those family ties go. And uh, I'm so grateful that you shared that. Thank you. Yeah, because we even finished each other's sentences. Now, there was something she had sent me on Facebook Messenger and it was, kind of politically aimed and she sent it to me on messenger and I went to write to her that you know I I totally agree with that but I wouldn't put it on my Facebook wall and as I'm writing that message to her she says I sent it to you because I wouldn't put it on my Facebook wall (laughs) just it was we are the exact same person it's insane That's crazy, and uh, I'm so happy that you found your mom and that you can look forward to the future. The the future, who knows? You know, like, oh, we live here, I've raised my family here, but um, my kids are, you know, getting older, and, and with school going the way it is and stuff, they're going to be done with school sooner than we think, I'm sure, and... That that leaves opportunity for us to go place it. And so, I mean, me and my husband are already flirting with the idea of moving there someday, you know, just to be closer to all of that. And and my mother-in-law, my husband's mom, who I call mom, she she is one of those people I mentioned that has played that, that role for me in my life when she didn't need to. And... She is so excited to come down to Tennessee and meet my mom. Everyone's so excited. You know, it's it's just, 
it's going to, it's, it's going to be great. We're, we're going to start going there more. I, I, I have nephews now and I have a niece and that's something I didn't have before a few months ago either. Everything changed in, in a second, you know, and it's crazy to know that it was there all along. It's truly incredible. And uh, I thank you so much today for sharing that story. You know, it's not a DNA discovery per se in the sense that you didn't do the ancestry DNA and found this out. But what you did find out, you discovered your family. So a story of finding family and discovering her DNA in you and your DNA in her. And it's such a, a beautiful story. And actually, I just texted my best friend and I said, I have tears in my eyes just listening to this story. So truly Aww. moving. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It is. And I hope it, it's touched some other people and and put um, a lot of, of things in perspective in, ter- in terms of, you know, uh, how necessary it is to allow a child to have as much love in their life as you can offer them um, from from as many people. So... Well, I wish you all the best as you go forward. And I know that your relationship is only going to become stronger and stronger. And it will be one of the most meaningful things in your life, I'm sure. So, so again, thank you so much for our conversation today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Edward. You take care. Today on DNA Discoveries, we have been talking to Tiffany Dean, who found her mother and brothers and sister through a search angel and the reunion that they just had a few weeks ago. Each week, I promise to bring you these heartwarming stories. So if you could also do me a favor, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you listen. It's available on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on TuneIn. Not only subscribe, but then rate it and review it and share it with your friends. It's very important that this happens in the very first few weeks of a podcast. Also, you can follow the podcast on Facebook at DNA Discoveries. Stay tuned for another episode next week of DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family.